0: Hi there, this is City Book and Company, a chatty little podcast that dishes and dotes on the upstarts, icons, dreamers, and doers of Houston, the most fascinating city in America. I'm Jeff Grimignon, the editor of Houston City Book Magazine and HoustonCityBook.com, and I'm your host. Our guest today is Andrew Carnavis, a well-known Houston blues rock musician, a kids musician, a writer, a writing teacher, a record producer whose life and career have taken some fascinating and inspiring turns in the last few years. Looking forward to talking with him about that in just a minute. But first, let me say hi to my guest host today, Luke Brawner who many of you know does his own successful podcast, The H, some other cool ones I want to ask him about. He is going to be the producer of our brand new podcast, City Book and Company Moving Forward. So we're delighted to have him working the board and also today at the microphone. Thanks for joining us, Luke.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So
0: why do you do podcasts? You and I have been talking about this for a while, and sort of we have, like so many other people in the world, I had personally in our company, City Book had a, a kind of a COVID era reset and looking for how do we move forward after all this? How do we make the best of this moment? And one of those things for us was it's time. It's time to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm delighted we could turn to you. But you've been a big podcaster and a big podcast champion for a long time. Why?
1: Yeah, as of this recording, I've been in this space for about five years. And, you know, it's a different answer. If you're asking me how I got into it, that's one thing. If you're asking me why I do it, that's another. So how I got into it is that I sort of stumbled into it. I was a career musician, had a lot of recording gear, had recorded my own album, stuff like that. And then got my first job where I was commuting into the city and had this long drive every day. And and because music was such a part of my job... I started listening to podcasts just because I didn't want to listen to music all day long. And I very quickly thought, well, I could do this. Like, I've got all the gear. I could do this. And so suddenly all of my ideas that used to sort of manifest as lyric ideas or song ideas or album concepts became these podcast ideas. And so I started from the very beginning I mean, I came out the gate with two different shows with two different friends. And so it's sort of snowballed from there. And now we've got a network of shows. We've got 12 shows in the network and more coming all the time. So
0: Milieu Media
1: Group Mil- is your Yeah, Milieu Media Group. Why I do it, I would say that like the things that I care most deeply about in this space are deep human connection. So every show that I'm producing is in some way, at least in my mind, contributing to people's ability to connect more deeply with one another, with themselves, however you sort of interpret those words. I think that's the thing I care most about. I care deeply about amplifying the voices of people who have been marginalized throughout history. And so I always want the shows to sort of lend themselves to that end, no matter what the focus is of the show. So we have shows that are everything from like sports and pop culture to like racial equity and sexuality and spirituality, things like that. So we've got conversations about everything. I care deeply about like nuanced dialogue and promoting nuanced dialogue for the sake of deep human connection. That's why I do it.
0: Very important question for you. That's really all about you and not about me. But so far, how do you think I'm doing as a podcast? I think you're doing great. So we're,
1: <laughs> we're two episodes in and uh, I think you're doing great.
0: Thank you for the compliment that I asked for. <laughs> and thank you for... Producing our show, and thank you for co-hosting today. And absolutely, let's spend some time with Andrew. Yes. So, Andrew, I'd kind of like to start in the middle of the story, and then we're going to jump back and talk a little bit about some things that went on earlier. But you made a, an interesting decision not that long ago to shift gears. I think you still do some adult music, but you've made a big step into kids' music in the universe where you're known as Andy Roo and the Andy Rooniverse. Am I getting that right? Yep, that's right. Tell us about that transition. How does a cool rock star determine that I'm going to now become a kids' musician?
2: Yeah, well, um, I started by writing a, a couple songs. So my oldest sister, Vanessa, she had two kids at the time and this was back in 2011. And she asked me to write a couple of songs for the kids because they were interested in learning about Uncle Andrew's music, but my sister always had to skip the songs that were about whiskey and things like that. So I transitioned over to uh, writing about other things that kids would like and my first song was called Hopscotch It's Sunday morning and I'm up and ready Got my lunchbox locked in my sidewalk chalk, oh yeah When I'm outside I start playing Playing some hopscotch Playing some hopscotch the neighborhood is here. Oh, two feet, one foot, one foot, two feet. Two feet, one foot, one foot, two feet. Two feet, one foot, one foot, two feet. The kids really liked it, and shortly after that. I was invited by my friend Lauren Ramsey to appear on Radio Disney AM 1590 for a um, performance of that track. So I went on the air and performed the track and they asked me on the air when my album was coming out. And I had so much fun writing that track and another one that I just did the math in my head and said, okay, well, let's see, if I if I start writing now, I can have an album out in five months. So I just said, it's coming out in five months. <laughs> and then um, five months later, I had an album, and I got to perform on the Kids Country stage at the rodeo. And then I was um, opening for Trombone Shorty at South by Southwest for the PBS Kids Showcase. So that first six months... From deciding that I wanted to do kids' music to writing the album, things really just started to snowball very quickly around the project. And during that time, during the songwriting process, I realized that this was a lot more interesting to me um, to be able to reflect on my own childhood and um, also to observe the students that I had been working with through teaching and start to think about how much kids need or needed their own soundtrack and the opportunity to introduce them to music for the first time as a performer was also something really interesting. So with kids' music, you can explore a number of genres on a single album and not so much get penalized for it like you would as a, uh, an adult musician writing an album where a music critic might go in on you for switching things up too much on a single album. So all of those things I found really interesting writing music for kids, and um, that's really how I got started. And the name Andy Roo in the Andy Rooniverse came about from just a discussion with my partner Grace. So we've been together 10 years and I remember she was at work and we were chatting through uh, Google chat and we were just brainstorming names and she's great with branding and naming things. And she came up with Andy Rue and then I came up with Andy Runeverse and we put it together. And, um, I really like the name. I like how long it is to me. It's, it was funny to make a name that was really long, um, and kind of hard to say, but, um, I didn't know that it would be such a disastrous thing when it comes to things like, hey Siri, play Andy it. Roo and the Andy Rooniverse.
0: Yeah. Well I've seen your
2: I've seen your, your your
0: media kit and there's a section in it that says, These are acceptable ways to say it, and these are unacceptable ways to say it. You're you're trying to educate people.
2: Yeah, and um, and it's it's an interesting process. It's the whole thing that you go through with, with branding really, you know, for um, somebody to if they hear your name, could they spell it? right away and I broke a lot of those rules with with Andy Rue cuz especially Andy Rooniverse. people will say uh you know Andy Rue's universe or the Runeverse so there there are a lot of um variations of it and, and finally after um you know probably about 6 years of doing performances and saying on the microphone you can find me at com. that's a N D Y R O O N I V E R S E dot com. I went ahead and bought com. R O O Songs.com. And and since then, it's been a lot easier for people to find me online when I tell them you could go to com. roo double O songs.com. And, and so uh, that's how I've sort of steered around the name piece.
1: Was the name in place when you did the Radio Disney? or did it come after that it it was in
2: place we got that right in place because it was immediate the um the feeling that i got writing that song that i wanted to do an entire album i hadn't thought about how long it would take or what the timetable would be but the fact that i had that opportunity to perform at the rodeo you know if i had my album ready and everything was one of those opportunities that i wasn't going to Pass up because I thought, wow, this could be a really great way to just catapult things. So, but yeah, we um, we came up with the name I think immediately after I wrote Hopscotch.
1: Nice, which could be about whiskey. I mean, depending on how you <laughs> take it.
2: One of the things I say all the time about uh, writing kids' music and booking shows, performing is that not once has the venue owner asked me how much apple juice do your fans drink. <laughs> So I noticed my electricity bill was getting out of
0: hand. It was time to do that thing all we Houstonians have to do from time to time. You know what I mean. You have to go through the hassle of switching to a new provider to get a better deal. And then over time, the prices creep up on you again after the contract period ends. And then you have to do the whole thing over again, all over again. Sometime later, it's maddening. Thank goodness a friend told me about Real Simple Energy. This is a new company, houston Bay, started by two friendly local young professionals, Trent and Paul. They're both around 40. And what they do is find you the cheapest deals, the cheapest deals for you. They present you three options, one of which will always be green if that's important to you. You pick, and they handle the busy work of getting you switched over. You will save a ton of cash. Most folks save around 500 bucks a year. I actually think I'm going to save a little bit more than that. And the best part, when your contract ends and your prices start sneaking up on you, They get more cheap options in front of you again and do the whole process again and take care of you getting switched over the whole nine yards. Nobody else does what they do. You will never pay for electricity again, never hassle with providers, only deal with real simple, set it and forget it. Never worry about this stuff again and have peace of mind. Don't let the big providers take advantage of you anymore. Sign up and start saving today at realsimpleenergy.com energy.com. And if you use promo code CityBook, you'll get an additional 50 bucks off your first bill. Let's go back. Now we may come back and talk more about kids music. Cause I want to know how the songwriting process deviates from adults to kids and so forth and how you, how you take your place into a kid's mind when you're doing that. But I want to jump forward a little bit. You have such an interesting story and you've, You've changed a lot. You've not been scared to make big detours in your life and in your career. Some by choice, some have been thrust upon you, but you moved to Houston. You did not come here to be a musician, did you? What was going on when you first moved to Houston?
2: No, I didn't come here to be a musician at all. So I I grew up in Midland, Texas. Um, I'm originally from Minnesota, but I spent about 10 years in Midland. And then we moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where my dad was from during high school I stayed there through college and then after college we all decided okay we've had enough of Ohio we're going to move back to Texas and I was thinking about going to medical school at the time and it was about a hundred thousand dollars cheaper to go to school in Texas if you were a resident so I moved back to uh, establish residency and I moved to I didn't want to go back to Midland again because uh no way (laughs) Uh, but uh I moved to Houston. My sister Stephanie was an attorney and she was working here. And so I moved in with her and found a job in the medical center. So I took a year off, but I was studying for the MCAT and everything and uh, got a job in the med center as a research coordinator. So I worked with a study with over 500 patients with scleroderma. And I would interview them and help them get to their tests and everything. So I did that job for a few years. But after year one, I got into medical school. I decided I didn't want to be a doctor because the stress of that job and talking to all these world authority doctors that I was working with, um, the stress of that job made me realize that I didn't think I could be objective enough in caring for a patient because I would get wrapped up in their personal stories and and everything. So it was very hard for me to remain objective when I was so focused on the subjective side of things, uh, the personal side of it. So after about a year and after getting into school, I decided this wasn't what I wanted to do. And in college, I had majored in English. It's funny because the red flag was back in college— You know, I could have majored in a science or engineering. I went to Case Western Reserve. It's one of the best engineering schools in the country. And I decided to major in English because I didn't want to get too burned out on sciences since I would be going to medical school. So thinking back on that, it was very clear to me that, you know, I wanted to really focus on my two favorite things on writing and music. But yeah, I got a late start writing music. I didn't start until I was about 21. So I was in college when I started writing songs. But I, I majored in English and then did all of the you know, pre-med prerequisites to qualify for medical school. So I went through, I did a ton of work, decided I didn't want to go, and then joined a band instead.
1: What's the time frame on this? Like, when did you move to Houston? When were you in school? Yeah, I moved to Houston in 2006.
2: So I was in school from 02 to 06 and uh, moved immediately after school from Cleveland to Houston. And then from, let's see, 06 to probably 09, I was working in the medical center. And so during that time, you know, I was making a, a low salary as a research coordinator right out of school. And I realized quickly that I had to get a second job so I could afford to um, record my album. So I got a job as a waiter as a, at a wine bar, and I did that. I worked two jobs for a solid year, saved up all my money, recorded my first solo album. And before that, I, I had recorded with the band, too. So in the span of like three years, uh, while I was in the med center, we founded Runaway Sun. In 08, and then did our first EP that we recorded in our apartment. And then in '09, um, we did our first full-length album. And then I recorded my first solo album. And then in 2011, I was just working as a waiter. I had left my job in the medical center. So I was just working as a waiter. And then I got the gig to go perform at South By with Trombone Shorty to open for them. And I couldn't get off work, so I just left. And um, and then I came back and I got fired from my waiter job. <laughs> so, then, so then I had no job. I was full-time musician. Um, the hard way. But yeah, and then things were picking up steam. But uh, luckily, you know, I majored in English. I had all this science background stuff. So I I found a job. A friend of mine was a copy and technical writer, and she had a technical writing part-time job that – that she didn't want to do basically like writing stereo instructions, you know? So I took that job on as a part-time thing, but I was, you know, quickly making my living off of gigging and and doing it the really hard way. So I feel like I've paid my dues at (laughs) at this point. I've done quite a bit with the band and launching three different original music projects. All of them have full length albums And I learned from, you know, spending, saving my money and spending it. We recorded our first full-length with Runaway Sun at Sugar Hill Studios. And then I recorded my first full-length solo album, Film Noir, and the Welcome to the Andy Runiverse albums also at Sugar Hill Studios. So I really learned all about recording in a studio and everything from those few albums And then after that, I I started investing in my own equipment and learning how to record and everything because I quickly realized I needed to figure out how to reduce costs to keep all of these projects going. And so the way I did that was just upskilling, learning everything about recording that I could and then saving for equipment, buying it one piece at a time building it up. With interest rates being as low as they are, like so many other
0: Americans, I recently refinanced my home. I shopped around a lot of the big national mortgage companies and the big banks, and I thought I'd do myself the favor of checking out a local Houston-based company, too. I was delighted when Envoy Mortgage not only found the best deal for me, but made it all so easy. Nice Houston folks held my hand through the entire process, most of which I was able to do from my house. It was convenient because you can automatically connect your bank statements, your tax records, and your income documentation right from your phone or your tablet or your laptop. You don't have to worry all the time about how it's going as the process goes along because you get updated on each step of the process and receive video guides and helpful articles along the way. And it's pretty darn fast. Envoy's loan origination and underwriting is all done under one roof, which means your loan moves quickly. Envoy can help you whether you're buying a new home or refinancing. They even have special programs for first time home buyers and veterans. Envoy Mortgage wants you to love your mortgage experience. Check them out at envoymortgage.com and tell them Jeff from City Book sent you. And now back to our show. Now, look, you were a musician at one point too. Yeah, Were you guys
1: kicking around
0: the music scene in Houston at the same time?
1: I don't know that I ever really kicked around the the music scene in Houston. (laughs) Houston was kind of post music career for me, but that was my twenties. I did do one solo record while I was in Houston, but never like pursuing music really. It was just, it was kind of the same story of like, I acquired gear over the years. And so I produced a couple of records because I could, not because I cared to do it necessarily for a living. I was doing other things for a living. But yeah, real similar story. I mean, I came up in my twenties in the Dallas Fort Worth area playing with a band and then doing solo music. And so totally understand that path and how very expensive a hobby it can be if it's not a career. Yeah.
2: I was playing with house money when I decided I wasn't going to go to medical school because I had passed up over a hundred grand in debt. I was staring down the barrel of, you know, 120,000 in debt if I had gone. And so, um, You know, I I did accumulate some credit card debt and those things going in and buying equipment and getting the band on the road, doing all the stereotypical, you know, drive 400 miles for $400 stuff. Mm -hmm. And it prepares you for, you know, being a band leader has prepared me for running a business and, and, you know, managing other people cultivating relationships, all of that stuff, those are all skills that you build as a band leader and as a tour manager, the booking agent, the PR person. Like I've done every single thing that you have to do. I know what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I always treat my bands like they're volunteer opportunities, even though guys are getting paid to perform and everything. But It's so hard to be a a touring musician and to keep a band together. It's a nearly impossible task.
1: Yeah, that was true before COVID. I mean, now to be a touring musician is to be unemployed, essentially.
2: Yeah. And so I really learned a lot. I wouldn't change a thing. And it's all real world experience. And you don't really get a chance to reflect on that until you've had a minute to step back and look at it for what it is. But all of the uh, logistics management, when I transitioned over to running my own business with YAP Records and our audio production.
0: That's the name of your re- recording
2: company. Yeah, so YAP Records, another funny name to say.
1: Is that a Dead Poets Society reference?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a Walt Whitman nice. reference. So the barbaric yeah. Yop. Well done, yeah, you, yeah, yeah.
1: You're you win the door prize. Well, you know, I we <laughs> talked about 30 Pop, so I also host a show that, is always looking back 30 years. So I've spent a lot of time recently talking about Dead Poet Society. Yeah,
2: so um, I started Yop Records really as a way to, you know, as an umbrella company for all of my music projects. So initially, I could just tell everybody to go to the Yop Records website, and you could see the Andrew Carnivus, the Andy Roo and Andy Runiverse, and the Runaway Sun stuff there, and then... Over time, we started to realize as we were doing these shows at different hotels and things that would say they had PA systems or sound systems. They were all broken or or they were designed for public speaking, but not for bands. And so, yeah, I saw the opportunity there to start installing AV systems to help bring legacy systems up to date. And so that became our first arm for... AV consulting and installation. And we started getting clients right away because everybody's frustrated with their AV system. I think overall AV installers try to keep things a bit convoluted so they can overcharge people. So um, it very much felt like we were freeing the hostages every time we <laughs> got a new client. So we started doing that. And then uh, we we also got to... Um, start working on a video game. A friend of mine had a a VR company and they needed somebody to do music for the game. Another friend of mine had an animation company and they needed somebody to do music for commercials, for uh, video ads. So, you know, I quickly started writing music for background music for ads and, and things like that and games. And that led to really looking at how affordable audio production software had become and understanding that the technology could now run on a school computer. And that's what led me to start Just Add Beats, which is our audio production program for kids. So we work with grades 2 through 12, and we help them build 21st century skills like critical thinking, creativity, communication and collaboration and we do that through audio design challenges so the kids work in groups of 3 as their own audio agency and they compete to create real world audio samples for things like a podcast or you know music for a commercial so i've taken the last 10 years of my professional experience and i turned it into a curriculum for kids and that's been really great. So now, Yop Records has gone from you know just being a place where you could keep track of all of my music projects. So now it's a place where you can go if you are looking for AV installation, or if you need music for a game, or if you have uh, educational initiative, uh, if you want our after-school program. So I'm constantly kind of reshaping what i'm doing in the world but it's always through sound so whenever i meet somebody i always just tell them if it anything to do with sound i've done it you know i'm doing it what do you
0: find the most rewarding you've got so many things kids adults helping other people make music now you're helping other people make podcasts a lot of emphasis on kids what drives you what gets you out of bed in the morning and what is sort of the center of your mission
2: yeah i think if you had asked me 10 years ago i would have said you know there's nothing like being on stage I love performing with a band, and that's the, that's the and, thing and that Runaway, I want to... And
0: Runaway Sun is kind of blues rock for our listeners who may not be familiar. It's it's pretty hip, adult, bluesy, rocky stuff, right?
2: Yeah, we call it Delta Rock. You know, you're always trying to come up with some kind of description that, that stands out a little bit. But we called it Delta Rock, but it's uh, sort of like a combination of um, like a Tom Petty, ZZ Top sound. Kind of where I think we fit in. But yeah, we went from that, and I, and I would say if you asked me that in my early, you know, I was uh, let's see, twenty five maybe when our first thing came out, or twenty four, something like that. If you'd asked me back then, I would have said, oh, just being a performer and touring, this is all I ever want to do. Now, if you fast forward to all the teaching I've done, I've I've worked with writers in the schools. As a creative writer in residence, working with second graders all the way up to high school students, I've worked over at MD Anderson. So I kind of came full circle with the, with the healthcare stuff, and I found a place for me in the hospital doing creative writing, doing songwriting with kids over at MD Anderson Cancer Center. So I've worked with kids over there. And we'll write songs, and I'll bring a little recorder, like a Zoom H1, and we'll record the kids writing songs. And um, I discovered, you know, the hospital system is very familiar to me. I've been volunteering, and I've been around hospitals since I was 15 years old. So um, there's a part of that that's familiar to me, but and and I can thrive in that environment as long as I'm not in charge of somebody's. You know, care, no prescribing them medication or treatment. So uh, being able to go in and share music and songwriting with the kids has really, and then all of the Andy Rue shows that I've done, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shows at this point at schools and libraries and museums. The thing that drives me now, I would say I'm more of a uh, educational entertainer than I am an entertainer strictly or you know so i think i've sort of gone across this spectrum over time where if you had you know going from entertainer to an enter- entertainer who does some educational stuff to now i'm i think education is central to what i'm doing and and the entertainment piece is the lens that i use to communicate with the kids to uh, show them cuz So, for example, for Just Add Beats, you know, the goal of the program isn't for us to make all the kids audio engineers or want to be audio engineers when they grow up. It's really an opportunity for them to role play for the future where they're going to have to learn new skills, work with new people, communicate well, collaborate, and it's going to be a job that they've never had before. So for our program, the kids are suddenly learning new technical skills in audio production. They're being thrown into these new career pathways like um, sound designer, music producer, digital storyteller, and they're having to collaborate and communicate with their fellow students. So we really see it as a way to prepare them for the future. And I wouldn't have had this kind of idea to start a program like this 10 years ago. All I really wanted to do was perform. And now I see a, a way to have more of a social impact with what I'm doing.
0: A lot more to talk about with Andrew Carnivis. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. CityBook & Company is a production of CityBook Media and Milieu Media Group. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by Luke Brawner. The music you've heard in this episode was licensed from Blue Dot Sessions. Artwork is designed by Patrick McGee. You'll find links to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter in the show notes. Visit HoustonCityBook.com for the latest news and notes on the most fascinating city in America.